author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to I Protest. This is Donald Jeffries. Here with you every Friday at the same time. As you know, I have two lovely whistleblowers on the show today. And the first one is here. We're waiting on the other one. The other one I'm sure you've heard of, uh, Ella, if you guys remember the old show that we used to do together. But my first guest, that uh, we're going to have them on together, is Heidi Weber, who is uh, a whistleblower herself. And just, uh, you know, she's going to be, they're going to be talking about a new show they're going to be doing together. And uh, we've interviewed each other. Uh, we're buddies on Facebook. So we're, she's going to talk about uh, what she went through in her own uh, whistleblowing experience and how she came to decide to try to help other whistleblowers out and give them a platform. Heidi, it's great to, to see you and talk to you. Hey, Don. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. I'm so excited to, to talk to you again. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it, has, it has been a while. And it's great. So so keep us, I guess, for, for people so they know you're your background, you and I met, I mean, in a cyber sense, we've never really met, but we, we became we became friends in this new uh, world that we have. Um, after um, Ella had you on the show when I was co-hosting her show, so we kind of got to know, acquainted through that. So tell your story how you came to be a whistleblower. You were just kind of a... Uh, Sorry, you okay. guys that. I'm okay. That's okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you 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 were uh, kind of I guess just a typical uh, Wisconsin housewife, right? Until or not housewife, but I mean you were a Wisconsin uh, mom and 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 wife, and you uh, were working at a college. So tell the story how you kind yeah. of entered entered the world that I inhabit here. Sure, sure. I was um, a medical assistant, a board certified medical assistant for several years, uh, fifteen years uh, to be exact, and I started getting into the realm of teaching. And so I uh, was hired by a local for-profit proprietary college, you know, similar to uh, a technical school type thing. And I rose quickly up the ranks. I was promoted very quickly. I was student uh, voted instructor of the year. And I was so proud of that. I love teaching. I, I realized that I could actually help so many more patients by teaching than I could um, you know, as a medical assistant. So I uh, was promoted to Dean and I had to move up to the Twin Cities area and become a Wisconsinite <laughs> here, <laughs> up here from South Dakota. Yeah. And uh, I started noticing fraud right away in the corporate realm. And I thought maybe it was, you know, just a fluke. Um, you know, maybe it was once, you know, type thing. And yeah, I kept witnessing it more and more and more. Um, long story short, uh, my dad was became ill with stage four kidney cancer at that time. And he was, a, he was a very important person in my life. He was uh, very ethical, uh, believed in our justice system, believed in everything. He was a deputy sheriff uh, when I was younger. And um, he died and school actually made me leave his funeral to go to an accreditation conference. And I was sitting in the airport. I've told the story, I think a million times, but I was sitting in the airport at Atlanta by myself on the day of my dad's funeral and I'm just bawling my head off 
And this guy comes up to me, poor guy. And, you know, if you're out there, gentlemen who walked up to me, if you're out there, please get old of me. <laughs> um, he said, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> the school is defrauding students. It's terrible. Oh, my gosh. Blah, 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 blah. And the poor guy is probably going, oh, my God, what did I get into? And um, that's, I just sat there. He said, well, it seems like you already know what you're doing or what to do. And I said, well, you know what? After he left, you know, after I said, thank you, whatever. And I said, you know what? He's right. <laughs> I, I do know what I need to do. I can't do this anymore. And so I blew the whistle, went through a long long, long whistleblower case, legal case, in a seven-day jury trial, and against this huge network. Um, I had the windows shot out of my car during that time. I had the brake lines cut. It was, it was um, horrible, Ab absolutely horrible. My girls were little. My husband was trying to keep everything together um, and went through this trial, and the jury was unanimous in my favor. So um, long story short, again, Another year and a half later, after that, um, of appeals all the way to the state Supreme Court, uh, my case was upheld. And so I've been trying to speak out to college students um, to educate them on the different kinds of colleges um, and talk about uh, whistleblowing in general. Uh, there's a lot, uh, lot of myths surrounding whistleblowers. And so I try to educate and advocate and be a peer support for others. Well, your your show, what I found fascinating was that CBS got a hold. Talk about the show that CBS had for a while, and they had your story on there, and then they made you an executive producer for a while. Talk about that. Well, that was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't. It was the show was in 2018. It was called CBS Whistleblower with Alex Ferrer, uh, Judge Alex. You might remember him. I think some people mm -hmm. remember Don. You remember Judge Alex, right? I think so. On TV, he was another, you know, one of those judge shows like Judge right, Judy, right. Right. only he's really on the up and up. I mean, he's not yelling at people or being rude or anything. <laughs> um, he's a really great guy, actually. He and another executive producer uh, named Ted Eccles, who was who's a great guy also, amazing people, uh, started a show called CBS Whistleblower. And they showcase whistleblowers um, over... Uh, two per show on the first season um, stories. And they're varied. I mean, every industry, every group. And my story was featured as a season finale for season one. And uh, so afterwards, uh, we got to go to New York and shoot and, and uh, tell my story and meet the wonderful people there. They're really great. Not what I expected for TV. Um, great people. Afterwards, uh, there was such a great response to my story. Um, everybody thinks I'm genuine and, and trustworthy, which you I are. am. I mean, I'm pretty transparent. <laughs> yeah. So, that uh, they hired me as an associate producer for season two. And so, and tasked me with finding more whistleblower stories. So I got the, the fun part of finding all these whistleblowers and talking to these different people. So it was great. I got to meet a lot of whistleblower attorneys across the whole United States and hear about their amazing stories and cases. I mean, there's really a lot of history that goes on that we don't even know about, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, that's what recently I've been focusing, like I had uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a mother on here whose uh, son has been framed for murder. There's no question. There's no evidence against him at all. But, you know, he's in jail for the rest of his life and they can do something. 
Uh, last week I had, uh, and we're going to get into that because you have your own experiences with Child Protective Services. Uh, this couple uh, has had their children taken from them twice now because of uh, basically being anti-vax. You know, they're using other excuses, but it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and they don't have any money at all. That's, I told them, I said, you know, this is, this is your problem is that when they first contacted you, you were in a homeless shelter. So of course you have, they're going to look at that and say, oh, this is ridiculous. And so that's the problem with not having any money. Now I don't think you don't have that problem, but, no, uh, but, but what, yeah. but what happened to you is that you had this show with CBS, CBS and then you did something on the radio that I think CBS was helping to sponsor for while I was on that. And, uh, and then you kind of, you got, you got, your life got overwhelmed with personal stuff again. So to whatever degree you want to talk about that, this is, this is kind of uh, just sure. personal stuff you're going through, but I think it, you know, it was triggered again at the, at the center of it is uh, child protective services, which is just a horrible organization. I, oh, I have so many are. horror stories about, them. yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll kind of summarize it as man. I have no problem. My husband, my best friend, my buddy, my rock, the only, you know, we've been together a long time. He's the first boy I ever kissed. We grew up down the road together. Um, <laughs> We, we've been together 20 something years, 25 years. And uh, he had a stroke in March of 2020. And so unexpectedly right after COVID. So um, weird thing, because, you know, that's a whole different story, but strokes and COVID usually mm -hmm. don't, you know, go together, mm -hmm. but um, there's a 21% increase in strokes during COVID. Yes, yes. Anyway, and he's a young guy. He built our house. He's um, healthy. You know, he was, he was, it was just really scary. And our youngest daughter was still at home. She's in the end of her senior year. This was like April of 2020. So she's just about ready to graduate. Uh, she turned 18 or she would be turning 18 in a month or a few months after that. And um, then after, I mean, I'm telling you, there's like a black cloud over us for like a month there. So my husband has the stroke in March. He comes home a month later, practically, it seems like. And then he and my daughter are in a car accident. And then two weeks after that, my daughter has to have her appendix removed emergently. And so we just had this bing, bang, boom string of horrible events that happened. Um, and the day after we brought my daughter home from having her appendectomy, um, which I'm a medical assistant, so the, and I knew the surgeon, so he just sent her home with us uh, right away so she wouldn't be exposed to anything else. Uh, the day after, I get uh, CPS showing up at my door. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe somebody felt bad for us and, like, you know, wanted to get some resources or help for us because that's a lot to handle in a short amount of time. Um, and no, no, there was an accusation um, that ultimately came from my oldest daughter who um, has some mental illness issues and um, had uh, basically talked my youngest daughter into going along with it, I guess. Um, and CPS just ran with it. They took her out of our home that day. And we're talking 17 and a half year old. She's getting ready to go to college. We have her signed up for college. Um, and I have not seen her since. That's been uh, two years now. They never allowed us any visitation. They never allowed us to talk to her. Um, they demanded that I do a drug test, and which is ridiculous because my, neither my husband and I have any history of drug or alcohol problems or, um, you know, uh, 
police history. We don't have any record police record. We don't have any mental health issues. Well, we didn't then. We probably do now. But after all that, <laughs> um, yeah. So we, I, I said no because you know, you know how I am, Don, about the whole bill of rights thing. You know, you're not going to freaking come in my home and tell me that I'm going to do anything. You know, right, so, right. Well, so right. Well, you so you so you you know, and you want to. You're becoming kind of an unfortunate expert on that, but uh, as every parent, parent, and and it, you know, really feels what you're going through. And what what is this? You've discovered that what you're going through, I guess, is not that uncommon. This uh, this alienation, children. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that because that's what you're experiencing. And my my heart goes out to you every time Heidi posts something. It's just. Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm just I'm just sitting there. I feel like calling myself, and I I, I wish I, I could help you. But uh, you know, you whatever you want so, to talk about there, and maybe anybody else out there listening. You're so amazing, Don. I Go love ahead. you. That's why we're besties. I just love you. I feel like I feel bad every time I talk to you. It's like <laughs> oh, I whine to you about all my problems or whatever. You probably think, oh my gosh, drama. No, falls. that's it's. Um, no, every, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I w I wish I could help you, but I mean, it's just it's just but so but this parental this yeah. alienation between children and and parents is yes. is not uncommon, right? Right. No, no. I discovered you know since I I told you my oldest daughter is the one that uh, turned this in. Um, or turned us in and said that made this accusation to CPS, whatever. Uh, she had just a few months before that talked my demented mom into writing me out of my parents' will and replacing with her and my middle daughter. So, you know, yeah. I, I guess when I found out this had happened, it wasn't a big surprise because I, she's like that. You know, she's trying to do whatever she can to, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if she has an issue with me, but uh, come to find out, I started doing some more research and found out that this, you know, alienation that a, young adults do is is rampant. I mean, it's 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 the untold, you know, issue that's going on. I couldn't they said up to 60 percent of households experience this to some degree. And that's when your kids just like mm -hmm. discard you, just throw you away. Don't need you anymore. Don't talk to you. Use you for whatever they can get. And then just hasta la vista you know and it was really hard for me because my girls were my life you know and so it's been like this roller coaster of like bah, you know um but i learned a lot oh that's crazy i'm having all kinds of ghosts in here it's okay um so i learned a lot about it i learned a lot i joined <laughs> some support groups and there's a lot of this going on and people just aren't talking about it and we really should be because um, dang it, these kids need to, you know, they need to wake up or, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of hurting going on. I think, you know, we need some healing around. Well, especially thing. now with, with the way the world has gone crazy the last couple of years, you need family. But, but families are, they're, they're, I mean, I've written a lot about this, how, how American families especially are so dysfunctional. I mean, what's your, I mean, yours is an extreme case, oh, yeah. but uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know any family. I don't know any family where there isn't uh, something going on between yeah. adult children and the parents or uh, between siblings right. or grandchildren or something. I mean, it's just amazing. Right. And I, do you think, do you think the media play? Cause I, I've for years, I've harped on this subject. If you go back to, I, I think of a show like Rhoda or something where, uh, you know, it, it, that kind of epitomized where if you remember she, when her mother came to visit, it was like the end of the world. Oh my! And and and, and that so many shows stress that. Oh my God, my parents are coming. 
And it's, it's especially just, with mothers and daughters, you know, they're with mothers yes. and daughters, it's a big issue. Um, yeah, yeah I, I really do think the media plays a big part in this, a huge part. I think that um, there's a discord between um, teaching our children about politics. You know, I think there's, and you know, this is just me giving my opinion of, you know, I don't have, don't quote me on this. I'm just sharing with you my mm -hmm. thoughts, but I think that the media, the state ultimately encourages discord between families. I really do. And I think, and I'm not a right wing. Yeah. I'm having trouble after trouble. I am not a right wing, you know, type person. I really am not. But I really believe yeah. that there's an issue with family values and that kids are almost encouraged online mm -hmm. by other kids and not professionals. Now, you know, any counselor, no counselor is going to say disown your family. Don't ever talk to them again. You don't need them. That kind of negativity, whatever. Right. Um, so but but other kids are and, and our kids are listening to that. They're online. They're going, yeah, well, yeah, well, mine does that, too. Well, you know, and it's become this this horrible thing that's going to that's that has been shown to translate down to further generations. So um, my grandkids are going to have issues with this, um, their kids, unless we fix it. And, um, you know, I, we were ta I was talking to you about George Orwell in 1984. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I was reading that the other day going, oh, my gosh, I forgot how cool this book is, you know, and how how weirdly yes. you could relate the it coolest. to today. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. And I was just, you know, there's a part in there about children betraying their parents and um, or trying yeah. to hurt their parents mm -hmm. in some way. And it's it's really oddly true. Now, the way parents, you know, I've on the flip side of that, in defense of the kids, I've seen a lot of moms who are freaking bat crazy. I mean, crazy, like controlling, um, inappropriate, mm -hmm. saying awful things, you know, and we all say things from time to time that we don't mean or whatever but these, this is like really sure. like mm -hmm. i totally am siding with the kid going i get it you know i, I understand but there has to yeah. be a better way to resolve conflict and our kids haven't learned how to do that so um well, I, I dealt with so many because i you know before my uh, career as a writer picked up at an advanced age you know i, I was uh I was Mr. Coach you know I used to I spent so much time coaching soccer and basketball both my kids so I met so many soccer moms and basketball dads and stuff so far. so I uh, I got a view of the kind of uh, you know there's there's uh, the parenting thing is all over obviously but uh, you know kind of all over the map but you're right it can, it's a two-way street but I, I think that the media because the media doesn't want I mean obviously they don't want intact families the family's a threat right. to them and you can see everything they promote look what's going on in the schools now now luckily your kids got out my kids got out before that but your kids got out just in time i guess to not have to worry about becoming transgender or something because oh. uh, that's they're pushing this stuff nonstop. You know man i'd be it's terrified a, a if my kids were little today wouldn't you it's a yeah. distraction don don't you think i mean that's it's this is all a distraction yeah. technique from our our government to say here don't pay any attention to the little man behind the curtain you know look over here you know and, and that's what yeah. they're doing. I mean, who cares? The transgender, I, I mean, I care. I don't want to say I don't care. Um, and I feel for them. And I think it's horrible the way transgender, I have some transgender friends who are treated horribly, horribly. But I don't think that that is a big focus right now. You know what I mean? I think we have a lot mm -hmm. of people, we have mm -hmm. the highest child hunger rate in civilized nations. We have all this other stuff going on that our government's distracting from. 
Yeah, I don't know why I'm not. Uh, I know YouTube is up because it shows people watching it, but I, I usually have lots of comments, and I've got nothing from YouTube. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to oh, sure. go to the wrong people, but uh, it's be, being. Well, let me share some statistics about parental alienation while you're doing that. I don't know if you can hear me still. Maybe. Okay. Please. But I, I could share some yeah. statistics about parental alienation. Go. Um, for it, yeah. Yeah, there's uh and maybe yes, some of yes, pl sound please do, people. Heidi. Go ahead. Okay, maybe this will like uh you know resonate with some people. You know, I mean, you know, there's different degrees of parental yeah, alienation. Yeah. Um, so I'll just start with um some of the signs and symptoms sure, of go ahead. a child yeah. who has been alienated. Now, parental alienation is typically um when one divorcing, you know, we think of divorcing parents who um the you know, one is poisoning the child against the other one because they're mad about the divorce. You know, that's a typical, that's the, the what we think of with parental alienation. But right. um, it goes a lot deeper than that. Like my husband and I are intact marriage and, um, and, and it's not only parents. It can be anyone who's close to your child. It's similar to the grooming that sexual predators do with children. Um, and it's, in fact, it's almost identical. The tactics used are almost identical, but um, they do uh, signs of alienation. Well, there's there's a difference between alienation and abuse. So we're, we're always looking at, okay, is this child truly abused or are they being alienated, you know, by or encouraged by someone else to reject a parent or, or lie or make accusations? Um, and there's one, there's a few differentiations. An alienated and abused child typically, and, and this is almost always, and I can get into the whole detachment, you know, thing and enmeshment and, and parental parent-child relationship, but um, children do not reject their parents. They just don't. I mean, back in history, you were eaten by predators if you rejected your parents. You just and we've instinctively built that over so so many thousands of years. Um, uh, Children, you know, that's their way, their mode of survival. So truly abused children will try and do everything they can to patch up the the discourse. They will try and smooth everything over. They want everything to be okay and they want to hide everything and just make it better, you know. And, you know, as horrible as that is, alienated children do not show any empathy. Now, empathy, they don't care if their parent is hurt. They don't care if they can sit there and say whatever to the parent and not have any feelings whatsoever attached to it. Um, and that's a big sign, big, big, huge sign. Absolutely. So if your kids are mean to you and they can do it without even a second thought, they're not abused. They're, they're, somebody is alienating them against you. So you need to get a grip on that. And it can happen at any age. The other Absolutely. issue is, um, do you, do you... oh, go ahead. No, I said there's a there's a question on screen for you from Christina June. She says, "What were the oh, allegations sorry. your daughter made?" Pardon me, say that again. Uh, said, uh, "What were the allegations your daughter made?" Christina June wants to. Oh, know. they came in. Oh, yeah, that that's great because this is great to to know. Um, my daughter was doing daycare in her home, or she was trying to get a daycare business started. She never did. Um, because my grandson was born and um, she had her hands full with him. He had um, some genetic things. So he had some seizures and things like that, um, that we were trying to help support. I remember, too. I remember, yeah. Yeah. He's doing great now, I think. I don't know. I haven't seen him for three years, but 
um, my, she had said, I just went through CPS training and, and she said, you know, so she knew all about this. She's pretty smart. And, you know, I had told her that I was going to be taking her to court. Uh, this is before the whole CPS happened over the, my whole will thing with my mom, you know, because that just, I, I can't even tell you how, you know, I just, these were my kids. They would never do something so horrible, but they did. Um, so I said, I'm going to take you to court and, you know, we're going to resolve this at some point when things calm down um, and with, you know, life and craziness and whatever, because we need to resolve this. This is not okay. Um, you went behind my back. This is, this is horrible. Well, they cut me off because of that. So I don't know how you put, put that together. They cut me off because they didn't want to talk to me about that because I was confronting them, I think, on it. But um, so what's the one allegation that you can make against somebody that you can't hardly, you know, that you can take somebody's reputation away? Um, I told her, I said, I have a lot of history in court. I have no problem taking you to court. And I thought, you know, so she made an allegation. Evidently, the allegation was a concern for an allegation of drug use in the home. That was very vague. That's what she actually wrote on this, the sheet. And I said, and that's partially why, why I wanted to, um, why I was so obstinate that day. I think I was, I was like, you've got to be kidding me here. You're coming into my home. I have this beautiful home. I, I've been a medical professional for how many years? And you're making these allegations or, you know, and you're not even giving me any instance. Like I said, where was I supposedly doing this drug? What drug was I supposedly doing? Um, who witnessed this? You know, and of course they couldn't answer any of those questions. Mm -hmm. and, um, so I started getting even more angry and obstinate because I'm a rebel and that's sure. the way it is. And I said, <laughs> no, I, you know, until I can talk to an attorney, this whole thing is sketchy. It, does, it makes absolutely no sense. There's no history. I don't even know who you are. Why am I supposed to trust you? Why would I want to do a drug test in front of you? I don't know the control on the test. I don't know where it's been researched. I don't know if it's outdated. I don't know if you're going to tell the truth reporting it. I mean, there's so many things that I was like, yeah. oh, hell no, you know? And she said, if you don't mm -hmm. do this drug test today, and this was pointed just at me, not my husband who lives with me, by the way, and we're married, the whole case was just against me. Um, so, and even our daughter, the youngest one was kind of stuck in the middle. I felt, you know, she's, she has a responsibility in this, but I feel bad for her because she was stuck in a hard place. You know, she wanted to be loyal to her sisters and, and she wants them to, uh, to accept her. There's a lot of difference in age and, you know, she was just put in a hard place and, and I wish that I could talk to them. I wish I could. In fact, my middle daughter gets married tomorrow and we're not even invited to the wedding. We're not even allowed to see pictures. We're not, oh. you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. It's, it's very hurtful. It's, it's like, you know, and you I don't see, my heart, see my heartbreaking for you, Heidi. Jeez. It's terrible. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I'm trying to wrap my head around it and thank goodness I'm not crying right now. Cause usually I do. Um, they're just the thing about, oh, the other point I wanted to make though, Don, about alienated kids is that you know it's alienation if you had a good relationship with them at some point beforehand. Abused kids never establish a good relationship with their parents. And so if you had a good relationship with your child and all of a sudden they just turn on you, there's something going on that you need to investigate. And it's, um, 
pretty hard to prove in court. However, there are a lot of experts out there and, and you can contact me if you want any more information. I can help you point you to some really great people that I've had a chance to talk to too about it. Um, they've helped a lot in some groups um, because you don't want to become, yeah, you, you have to go on living your life. You know, you have to live your life and right. you can't, you know, once they're adults, you know, they have to, I, I, I believe that my girls will regret this someday. And that makes me, that makes me the saddest because I don't want them to have to live with that pain the rest of their life, you know, of regret, I guess, you know, but. Aren't you part of some support groups now? Aren't you been meeting with support groups and that mm -hmm. people are going through and stuff? Yeah. On Facebook, there's a lot of really great support groups for uh, parents who are estranged from their children or alienated as adults, but there really isn't a lot of resources for kids after they've turned 18. Before they're 18, you can kind of get the court involved and you can say, hey, this other parent or this other person is turning my kid against me. And then, you know, you can kind of work it out and the judge can make a determination. But after they become adults, it's you're kind of like, well, you're SOL. You know, I don't know what to tell you that you can't make them do anything. So you just have to um, go on with your life and hope that they come back at some point, you know. That's awful. And of course, pre predictably, my my connection is going. Whenever, whenever I go check the Rockfin chat room, and I, I, I there's hardly I don't know what's going on today. I'm getting hardly anybody on YouTube or in Rockfin. I see Ron Tate over there. Good to see you. I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Fade to reality. Run with the light says very interesting so far. Thank you both for doing what you're doing. Us, yeah. I mean, how do, it's so it's it's been a so does it, this 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 make you more uh, since you're you're trying to uh, you know give whistleblowers a platform. Does this because you're doing you're kind of blowing the whistle but in a personal way does this since you have a personal stake in this does it make it easier for you to, to try those things or or not well yeah don there there is you know i of course i you know this whole cps case with my daughter you would be shocked um to hear what they did i, I think i told you earlier that we weren't allowed any visitation at all with our 17 and a half year old they um they sent her in a car the day they, right. you know, took her out of her home. I'm bawling inside my house with my husband who's trying to confront, you know, comfort me. And they send her out the door. They put her behind the wheel of her own car by herself and sent her driving. And she had just had surgery the day before. So she's on narcotic pain medication. Um, and we yeah. didn't know this. So, and then they had told her, the worker had told her not to respond to us. Um, that they could basically strong arm us into doing whatever they wanted um, if they withheld contact. So, and all this, you know, I ended up finding out evidence of all this. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty smart with retaliation. I know how things go. I made formal complaints that were never answered. I, um, I said it out loud. We, we got a hold of the notes where they made up stories and lies that were complete fabrications. Uh, for instance, one of them said that they took 17 illicit drugs out of our house that day that they wrote our 17 year old. And I thought, you've got to, I don't, I work in healthcare and I don't think even I know 17 different illicit drugs. Mm -hmm. um, and we would have never known this. The point mm -hmm. is we would have never known this if we hadn't requested those notes and looked further into it. Um, so there's a whole issue with the county and the municipality and the state. We, we filed a lawsuit. Of course, they have a corner on all the attorneys. We couldn't find an attorney to help us. Uh, because we live in a rural area right on the border and there really there's no legal aid here there's no help there's no you know my husband had just had a stroke so i thought well we'll take it as far as we can and we did 
Uh, we got all the way to a week before trial. We filed a civil rights lawsuit um, with me being our lawyer, so to speak, because we didn't have one. And I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And we got a year and year over a year into it. And we're a week, weeks before trial, three, four weeks before trial. And the judge uh, dismissed it. So mm -hmm. he let us incur uh, $10,000 in depositions, all this, all these charges for this court case, strung us along. And then, boom, he didn't even address any of the evidence. He didn't even, there's a recording that was edited that we proved. There was all this, you know, um, and the of system course, is so corrupt. It's, it's, it's it corrupt from top to bottom. As you know, that's why I said when you, when you won the first time in court against the college, I told you at the time, I, you know, you're, you, yeah. this is very rare. You know, that, right. that doesn't happen very often at all. Cause most of the time you get judges like that, that won't even look at the evidence. And I, right. the, I mean, people like yeah. the, the couple that contacted me and it just, they can't get the judges to look at their case either. And it's just, it, it's horrible, but CPS is so corrupt and they, yes. they never work with the families because they, they run on basically anybody can make an allegation. Like in the case of the, uh, the couples on my, um, show last week uh, when they took, took their kids away the second time was based on a nosy neighbor who said she thought one of the, bo the boy one of the boys looked too skinny that he was, must be mal me? malnourished yeah and so i said wait so now you can't be skinny i know there's not too many people that are skinny in america today but i mean you can't, you can't be uh that's ridiculous so uh, that so and how do you prove it just like you know somebody makes an allegation right. to you about drugs then it's up to you to try it well, they're going to look for everything you know Right. I mean, you can't prove your innocence. Well, you, you are guilty until proven innocent within the CPS system. I learned a lot about how they function to give people some advice. If you're ever in this situation where CPS is at your door, do not let them in. Don't let them in. You know, I'm, here I am. I'm, I'm the first person to be, you know, work with people trying to heal things. No, mm -hmm. not with CPS. Don't let them in your home. You, you do not have to. They do not mm -hmm. have a right unless they have a search warrant to come in your home and they know Good. this. Yes. So don't let them in your door. And uh, secondly, get a hold of, talk to an attorney right away. Tell CPS, I'm not speaking to you. You're not talking to my child until I talk to an attorney and attorney's present, or at least another party is present because they will twist everything that you say and use it against you. Uh, they're not your friend. They're not there to help the children. They're there to make money. CPS is a huge money machine. Um, in every state, uh, I have I talked with, I don't know how many whistleblowers and how many parents that get a hold of me because I'll be on a podcast like this and they'll say, gosh, Heidi, you know, what do I do? How to help me? You know, how do I do that? And I say, here, you know, here are your resources. This is what you need to do. And it's, it's important. You can't just say, oh, well, they're never going to find me guilty because, you know, stranger words have been said before. And, and I can only tell you. This has been a nightmare. They destroyed my family and what I had left of it anyway. My oldest daughter, uh, you know, has her own issues and I will love her and support her forever. But my other girls didn't deserve this. And, and the county and the state made it worse. After, since then, they have replaced, suddenly the director was gone. Suddenly a, a lot of people were gone. Some foster parents were gone, um, which they put my 17 year old in foster care for three months with strangers. Um, it's just been it's been horrible it's they they took her fafsa her college her papers that we filled out for fafsa and wrote them over threw them threw them out and edited them and took our names off of her fafsa so she could get more college free college money so 
it, it's just a nightmare. I could go on and on and on about all the horrible things they've done. Yeah. They didn't let us go to any doctor's appointments. Um, and I'm a medical person. They, it's, it's something. So, and I wish that I would have known right then to never let them in my door. I wish I would have never talked to them. So um, if you need more information about that or parental alienation, because they, they kind of go together because CPS uses um, the discord in families against them to make money. They make money when kids are taken away. So um, if you need to get hold of me, you can get hold of me at whistleblowerrevolution.com um, or nostopheidi at gmail.com. So. Well, we're going to do it. We're gonna get we're gonna get a chance to get your links out more, and ho hopefully Ella is uh she's in the middle of a factory. I told you, you know, Ella is a former supermodel, and she's always got drama. So she's got, <laughs> got drama today on, but she's uh, the factory reset of her computer. So uh, great, hopefully though. she'll be she's, on as well. But because uh, oh sorry, Don. Oh, yeah, she, she and she's, I wanted to do this podcast. You know, I I get it. I I'm with you. She's she has a lot of dramas around here, but she's so fun and she's so yes. knowledgeable. And she's so she is, kind she of, is. and she wants, you yeah. know, we wanted to do a show that really showcased all the, all the shit that nobody wants to talk about whistleblower wise. Um, right. And what to do, you know, if you yeah. see something, what should we be doing? I mean, you know, you don't want to be called a Karen. You don't want to be that. Um, right. And that's right, not right. what we are. Um, but it's how to do that with some strength and some courage and doing the right thing and picking and choosing your battles and how to, how to, navigate through that so um so yeah that's we wanted and just to sit down and dish because we're we're like old ladies that love to talk about you know all kinds of stuff so <laughs> yeah no you're but you're both are great and i and i you know i that's why i hope she can she can make it here we'll see if she gets up soon but um you know it's it's a corruption just cps alone there's uh, i don't know how many you know back in the day lots of lives were ruined uh, if you remember back with the false memory syndrome and all these things that were going on then where uh, I don't know how many well, parents yeah yeah had had, had uh, you know back and this is you know you have to be a little older to remember this but back then you had to go to photomat or place like that to get your pictures or a drugstore uh, before uh, so, uh, smartphones you, you took pictures of the camera and you went and got them developed and uh, several parents had it happen where they would see a picture of like a naked child, a little a to, you know, toddler in the bathtub or something. And some of the parents, you know, people used to take bare skin rugs. I mean, this is nothing sexual. Nobody ever thought of that before, but their lives were ruined. They, you know, CPS yeah. would come and visit them. A lot of times they lost their kids. And even when they didn't, their reputation was ruined because they, the word gets around the neighborhood. Well, you know, something, I don't know, something to do with, you know, child stuff, you know, child sex or something, you know, that. And that's uh, maybe some kind of predator. And and then you right. had, uh, I think her name was Beverly Schaefer. Her name, I know yes, her last name yes. was Schaefer. Yeah, yeah, you she know, right. Yeah, senator she, from Georgia. Yes, yeah. in Georgia. She, she was the maybe the foremost critic of CPS. Yes. And both her and her husband wound up dead under very suspicious circumstances. I wrote about that in Hidden History. Yes. And there's, there's no way they killed themselves. But It was so, Nancy uh, Schaefer. It was Nancy, Nancy Schaefer. Schaefer. It's a thing. Well, I'm glad you know. So you, I'm sure you know all about the CPS now. So this is yeah. this is nothing new with them. So they're the last people you want to see come along. Yeah, Nancy Schaefer's case was just horrible. I mean, just horrendous. There's another case of an Arizona congresswoman who uh, was run down walking across the street after she had discovered some stuff going on the CPS there. And you know, mm -hmm. a mom. She's a mom, younger gal. 
and just was walking across the street and somebody ran ran her down. They never did catch that person either. Um, and Nancy oh. Schaefer, they've been married. I mean, she was a wonderful grandmother, married 50 years to her husband. And they were found, her husband with one shot to the yeah. chest and Nancy with one shot to the back. And they, they called it a murder-suicide. And I'm, you know, I mean, it was ridiculous. So there's, and it's a serious business. And when there's money involved and, you know, there's a lot of money involved in CPS, a lot of money, a lot of federal dollars come pouring in and a lot of overtime hours to get billed and a lot of padding and, and a lot of, you know, absolutely unnecessary charges. So um, it's a, it's a money-making scheme out there and they're, they're out to, they're out to prosecute you. They're out to make money. They're out to justify their time. And unfortunately, until we get more information out, I think people are getting more and more smart. You know, I think people are aware of what CPS is um, more and more. Uh, but, you know, people automatically think, oh, well, if CPS came to your house, you must be a child abuser. You must be guilty of something. You must be, right. you know. Right. And mm -hmm. that's not true. And so um, my child even said, recorded, my parents have never laid a hand on me. Um, she was an honor student. She was on the National Honor Society. Two of my girls out of three were captains of their uh, athletic teams in, in high school. So they were, they were great kids. We never had a problem with them. We were close to them until, until CPS got involved. Um, and I haven't, you know, I have a text from her just the night before CPS came that says, I love you. Um, come tuck me in. Um, she had just had surgery and so, I mean, I, I have texts all the way up to the night before and, and nonsense. And I'm not allowed to know her address, not allowed to know her phone number. Um, can't, yeah. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. So, um, yeah, they don't, they come between families and it's, 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 it's and I, and said, you can under some, some abusive situation, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know what, what, even how much need there is for child protective services. We also know, I'm sure you've heard of that. Lots of allegations that uh, Child Protective Services uh, is also involved with uh, child sex trafficking through certain foster homes. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's running around everywhere. I don't have any proof of that, but there were in yeah. Iowa, I believe, I think. Uh, now, don't quote me because I wasn't ready to talk about that, but uh, there's 800 children that went missing off the rosters from foster care. And they target... CPS targets yep. the low income and the people with the least yes. resources, the least education, yes, the least ability to fight them. So there are 800 yep. children. I mean, it was just an egregious amount of children that just disappeared, literally disappeared. The parents don't know where they're at. Uh, CPS lost them. Uh, they, they're saying they ran, some of them ran away. 800, 800. Now where those kids went, I don't know. I don't know where those kids went and I don't think, you know, that's ever been reported necessarily, but you know, you, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to think about that. Um, you don't, you don't want to get into their whole conspiracy or conspiracy nut type thing, but gosh, there has yeah. to be some answers. By Certainly not on my show, Heidi. We wouldn't talk about conspiracies <laughs> here. <laughs> well, you know, I get a lot of calls from whistle whistleblowers that are, um, wondering what to do next and and what yeah. you know how to handle things and and they're really people that are mentally unstable that have really kind of ran with this whole you know a conspiracy situation and they don't have any proof and so you know I always tell people if, if you want people to take you seriously and I believe what you're saying get some proof and then right. you know everything's good so 
Yeah, you have to. I see Lisa Belanger is a, she's an attorney, is in the chat room over there, and she's experienced her own. Hey, there's it's just there's just so much corruption in, in all in, in this mm -hmm. system. Uh, in Lisa's case, her um, her father had to do with her her father's uh, estate. There, they stole a lot from the state, and she ended up uh, being uh, censored over that. And I, I maybe disbarred. Oh she's fighting in court now, so she's been on my show. Well, she it's needs to come and be uh, on our uh, show too. Is you it? need to come and be on our show too. <laughs> oh, she would love to. She would love. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. When is it? I, I hope. I hope we're going to get Ella. I just asked her there an update. She hadn't answered. But um, talk about the show that you and and Ella. Now, what what's it going to be called? Do you know it's going to be called? Where is it going to be? At? We're sticking. We're sticking with West Whistleblower Revolution. Um, you know, because mm -hmm. I think that that it still explains a lot, and then we don't have to rebrand and all that kind of thing because we have no budget and no resources um yeah even though i was a whistleblower you know back then i really didn't i got a very modest award i mean a lot of some whistleblowers get millions hundreds of millions of dollars you know uh reward i did not i got very 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 little sorry um so and but i'm grateful for it i would never complain i'm so grateful so it was enough to build my house and that was about it so after my husband had a stroke it's just been it's been a nightmare to try and make ends meet and still keep going. So um, hopefully we can keep this going for a little while. Um, I uh, And then with CPS, fighting CPS and all the money that I lost, you know, doing that when the judge just dismissed it without even considering. Um, it's just been, it's been pretty difficult to make ends meet. So we are doing um, a weekly podcast. It's going to be uh, sometimes we're going to have guests and there are going to be a wide variety of guests, not just whistleblowers, not just whistleblower attorneys, but several people. I I kind of like weird stuff, Don. You and I kind of both like weird stuff, weird stories, weird people, Yes, yeah. um, the, the mm -hmm. offbeat kind of mm -hmm. thing. And so I'm really searching for um, stories that are that are unique, that are weird. I like weird people. They're the salt of our, our earth. You know, they're what spice our life. So if you're weird, get a hold of me. <laughs> Yeah, are there? Were they? Oh, sure, and that's and that's the uh, that's the lifeblood of these podcasts. You know, <laughs> we have to Absolutely. have the off the people that uh, you know. Typically, um, I find in my world, you know, people most people don't see the corruption that's out there unless it, it impacts them. Because right. uh, I mean, you knew about it before, maybe, but it really hit home to you, obviously, with 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 your kids. But uh, and right. I, I really haven't had it impact my life that much but i just i just always been at these things but when, when you talk to people so many of them were they were normal you know everything was fine because the yeah. system seemed is you know when 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 nothing was happening to them when their lives weren't impacted well everything's okay you know there's nothing what do you mean what are you talking about all these uh, crazy conspiracies and everything but when, once it happens to you then it's obviously a it's a completely different story but well, there's, so there's a there's a whole society shift about this. I mean, we could get into sociology and which I've studied mm -hmm. a lot because of my healthcare career, but sociology, people want, they don't want to hear bad news. They just don't. People inherently, mm -hmm. um, they're interested in it and it's like a, a train wreck they can't turn their head away from, but they really don't want to hear bad news. People want to just assume that everything's wonderful, um, that things are what they see, everything appears as what it is. And um, because that's how we navigate through life. That's how we kind of get our grounding and get our stability. Um, 
And so they're, they're really reluctant. A lot of people are reluctant to accept or even recognize it when it's right in front of their nose. And, and then you have a, a component beyond that of fear, um, fear of retaliation, fear of, of what's going to happen to my family, what's going to happen to me if I speak up. Um, and as a whistleblower, that is a, an agonizing decision to have to make. It really is um, because your family's on that yeah. journey right along with you. Um, do I regret it? No. Was it the hardest thing I've ever been through? Yes. Would I do it again? Probably. And I say that with hesitancy. <laughs> People expect us to say, heck yeah, we're going to do it. You know, um, yeah, yeah. No, it was very difficult. It was very hard. Um, I wouldn't have been able you to had, survive that without my attorney. Totally. Well, you, you had, you had, you experienced violence when you first felt because you, you had your, uh, your car window shot out. And I think we've talked about this because your kids are much younger uh, maybe some of this alienation was born then because that, that was such a weird experience and suddenly you're thrust kind of into the limelight and then you're on CBS. So, I mean, right. uh, there's a lot, I mean, I don't know if that, their friends talked about it a lot, but that that's, and that happens a lot, you know, with, with, I, I don't know how many people I've had on this show or talked to where their, their, their marriages broke up, their alienation yeah. with Gary, Mc, Gary McBride, who I got to uh, Lisa Blanger, who's been on here a couple times and he's uh documenting uh, the film and studying the video of January 6th and trying to help people out or unfairly uh, being persecuted over it. I mean, his wife left him. Only one of his kids is still talking to him. So you're not alone. It's just because of that. You know, so do you think that had anything to do with it in your case? Yeah, I do. You know, at first I kind of went, oh, pshaw, that's a stretch, you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's really a a long stretch. Uh, but, But I don't think it is because I think there is an indoctrination you know, and kids pick up. I think that my oldest daughter and even my middle daughter, um, I think they sat through my trial. They sat through the whistleblower trial, my oldest two. My youngest one is too young, but the oldest two were in high school and middle school and sat through the trial because I thought that was good for them to be able to see the justice system and see how things work. And I think that they were tired of being Heidi's daughter. You know what I mean? They wanted, and they're beautiful intelligent women themselves and and yeah and the, but they have different gifts than you know everybody is different everybody's unique and i think they were just tired of being heidi's daughter and they wanted their own independence and i think the only way that they know how to do that because the newer generations don't know how to resolve conflict they don't know how to how to communicate with people directly and you know get past things um that they they just went and buried their head and hit and dis- disassociated themselves. You know, I really think that that's a big part. Of Lisa, of Lisa said she'd love to be on your show and uh, you can, uh, she's at the court racket.com. I don't know if you want to write that down, but I, I can send you her information too, but she's a, uh, she's a great guest. And uh, she, uh, she has a lot to say and she, there's, there's a whole lot going on there, but it's amazing. You, you talked enough of these people at uh you just, because you can't help them. Just like I would like to help you. And I can't. There's nothing. I mean, there's, Well, send there's, there's, money, Don. Send money. Because that's the best <laughs> way to help me. No, I'm that's sure. right. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've got so, you would not believe the people I, I, I hear from that just, that do desperately need money. And I mean, really desperately. And it's like, God, if I, you know, if I win the lottery, I swear I'm going to Huey Long it. I'm going to be really sharing the wealth. He's my hero. And I will walk the walk, but uh, probably all that win it. Uh, I always wanted to most lottery winners when they win. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
I wanted to. No, I was going to say. That's on the website. Um, I, on whistleblowerrevolution.com, we do have a donate section because that money, though, specifically goes to sure. a fund that I wanted to create to help with people that are going through whistleblower cases because a lot of times they lose their job, they have financial issues and things like that. So, yes. so if you they don't do. want to just give me money, you can just donate to the whistleblower fund um, too, which yeah. helps out a lot. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. If I win the lottery, though, oh, it's, I'm going to make like a zillion dollar fund for them. We're going to just help them, support them all the way great. through so more people stand up. Well, don't forget the don't forget the needy authors and podcasters out here. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> we can always use somebody. Yeah. Well, Don, somebody, you and I have to go is, on a vacation. Somebody... We have to actually be able to meet in person. We've known each other for so many years that I know. I, I would, would love to. I would love to. I don't, you'd, you'd probably have to be the one, I, you know, people that know me, I, I am one of the worst travelers in the world. You know, when my kids were young, I, we managed to have lots of good vacations. We went to Disney World three times, we went on a cruise, but for some reason I could handle it a little better when they were little, but I, I can't, I don't sleep hardly in my own bed. I just don't. I, I have such a hard trouble. You were, well, but, you worked and, in IT, didn't you? It, didn't you work in IT in a in healthcare situation? Yes. I, yeah. Yes, I yes, yes, I yes, I did. I worked in it for the healthcare that ended up firing me, but um, after forty four years, but it, but so I always had a really hard time sleeping in any strange bed. So I like to try, I like to see new places, but I know when I go there, I'm gonna have to sleep point, and it's agony, you know. So that's 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 the problem for for me to travel. I know I'm gonna have to, and it's like unless I can go and come back the same day, which obviously not much of a trip. So what how are these videos going? Yeah, I don't are know what there? happened here. What am I doing here? I'm trying to oh I there. Know, you must have turned your camera off. You must have am I better? Yes we can see. There you go. Much better. We like we'd like okay. to see you. Um I think that White White Wolf is coming in. He's very gross. He said Disney World is a good vacation. Yes, this, kids love Disney. That's okay. I know they have secret rooms and all kinds of other, but Disney World's fun for kids. Okay, so we had fun there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, <laughs> I, you know, I've never been to Disney World. I, we were talking about that. You know, because of this whistleblower thing, really? It, really, it really affected our lives. Like we didn't get to. We have a lake home in Minnesota that we mm -hmm. go to every summer, and the kids we just basically vacation there. So the kids never. Um, we never got a chance to go on that old, that family vacation truckster, you know, whole deal. Um, like no. most people do. Um, I think kids and I, you know, of course I'm, they, I'm toxic for that. I'm toxic for this or whatever, you know, kids say that kind of stuff to you. Um, but I, I learned yeah. to, I learned to take my power back. And I think that's that's what everybody needs to do. We just need to go on and live your life. If you're, you, you can't treat your kids any different than you do anyone else. As far as you love them, you'll always love them. You'll always support them as much as you can. But um, it comes to a point where you gotta go yeah. on with your life and and try and find happiness some other way. Because there's a lot of other people that probably want you or me or somebody in their lives to help them or to be you know, an adopted grandparent or an adopted parent or, um, and so, you know, I, st I still struggle with that every day. I still struggle with that, that whole notion of, you know, the, the, of accepting, you know, and if our kids come back, you know, I don't know as if I'll be, I'm, I'm not going to sit there with open arms either. Um, because 
they broke my heart. You know, this, this whole thing has broke my heart and it's been very difficult. And I don't think adult, young adults are invincible. They're, they're going to live forever, you know? Um, but when you get a little mm -hmm. bit older, you start realizing the passage of time is different. And, you know, I think they will regret it one day, but you know, I can't do anything I, about it. I'm powerless, so. I think so. I, I would think they'd have to. So, uh, yeah. you know, but it's, 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 Said I, I don't know what, but it just it seems to me like maybe it was sparked by you experiencing corruption. Anyhow, like you said, they get tired of being Heidi's mom, and then yeah. if you have typical family dysfunction, like you described with your mom and the oldest daughter, yeah. Yeah. that can be you know that it kindles over and any kind of, and then you get CPS involved, and you know that's uh, you get something well, like that's, that. You, gotta, you, know, you just brought up my mom, and she's an interesting point in this as well. Um, my mom, I told you I was close to my dad. My mom's daddy's girl. A lot of girls are daddy's girls, you know. Yes. My mom didn't uh -huh. really want to have children. She was a career person. She wanted to have a career. I'm her only child. I'm my parents' only child. And um, she, you know, she was a good mom, for so to speak. I mean, I don't have any reference because I'm an only child and she was my only mom. So, but uh, um, she, she just, just understand that not everybody that that has kids necessarily wanted them, especially in her generation. And that it's no, very difficult that's, yeah. a child. Um, it is. I, and I, I hate to interrupt it because, but I, I yes. Ella, I think can do this by phone. Tony, if you're listening, can you send the StreamYard link to, oh, I'm going to have to tell, I'll, I'll text Tony her number. Um, let me find Ella's number here. Jeez. Uh, um, well, anyway, they, they, um, yeah, go ahead. I think it's, it's the, there's a dynamic between mothers and daughters, and my, then my mother's in it, so it's three generations. And my daughter, daughter my mom is, has a little bit of dementia, and the daughters and my mom have been conspiring, you know. So it's very lonely. It can feel lonely um, because I'm kind of stuck in the middle, and I don't have any way of navigating through this to know, okay, well, this is normal, this is not normal, you know. So I've had to do a lot of research and studying and learning a lot, so... And I'm happy to share whatever I know, which is an old lot, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, I'm trying to get this. Okay. Don, we are uh, having technical trouble after trouble. My camera keeps falling down here. Um, we're not. What the heck is that about? I know. Can you tell uh, that we're just like, not like, I don't know, techie people? And you're an IT it, dude. You're, you should. I know. Well, you know, this yeah. is. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm texting this to you know your to, books are like were like a big deal. You know, Don gave me of some free copies of his books to give away on the Whistleblower Revolution, which was so nice yeah. of him. It was amazing because I love him, and you know that was a big hit. So everybody loves Don. He's so cool. <laughs> Learn so much from him. One of my readers said, "I learned so much from his books. It's just amazing." So thought I'd give you a book. I've got more. I've got, well, I appreciate that. I, I got more on the way. I've got, uh, we have a fun book with my friend, Bob Wilson. This is, as, uh, we're going to have a book on the Beatles coming out, believe it or not. And, uh, what? What, what about the Beatles? What about them? Uh, uh, well, it's going to, it's going to deal with the poor Paul is dead controversy. Although we really don't, you know, it's, we don't really go into that that much, but we just interviewed a bunch of celebrities. You know, my, my little celebrity contingent, Susan Olsen from the Brady Bunch, Cindy Brady and uh, Sally Kirkman, people like that. You and, still talk to uh, her? Bob, you still talk to those people? You're still in contact? Yeah, yeah. Susan's uh, my buddy. She's been on here several times. She's just really, really cool. I can text her and she gets back to me. She's very, 
I doubt if she's listening. If you are, if you aren't, you should be. But um, she's very cool. We, we just kind <laughs> nice. of we're on the same way. So it's it's a that's a fun book. But I Hidden History Three is done. It's at the publishers. I'll see. I haven't heard back. Uh, and I'm finishing up a book on the pandemic, masking the truth. Ooh. It's going to tell. It's going to blow the lid off this yeah. greatest psyop in the history of the world, as I say it. And that's uh, yeah. hopefully that'll be coming out soon. But so I, I got I'm a healthcare for that. person. I've worked in healthcare for. 20 some years now and i can tell you that that whole thing was a orchestrated uh experiment society Absolute. experiment well so. that and i want to hear that tony tony if you're listening i i sent you a text with uh, ella's phone number if you can send it the link to there because uh, she just can't seem to get her uh, internet i i don't know but so but she says she might be able to do it by the phone so if we can get her away that would be great um so tell us, tell us, Heidi, what, so what did, what, why do you suspect that this was a pandemic? My audience, of course, I think, suspected and stressed story. Well, you know, the media, you but, know, uh, the, what, the media push behind all of this is so unnatural, so un, unconventional. It's, it's, it was orchestrated. It's easy to see. And the reason I say that is because COVID, and I'll say this in a little, is a variant of the common cold. It's a virus that's a variant um, subshoot of the common cold, which has been around for this since the beginning of time. Along with influenza A, influenza B, RSV, all these are viruses that have been around forever. They keep circulating. Now, um, that being said, COVID is, is an offshoot of that. So it's something that we experience every single year. Now, sure, you're going to have episodes where or certain years like where it's more prevalent than others. But there was no difference about that. In fact, we had the most number of deaths from influenza in 2018. And nobody said a peep, not even a one word. Um, I've been giving flu shots. And I, I know that the quadrivalent, you know, on, on flu shots, the vaccines are at best, maybe 30, 40% effective. So, you know, this, this unnatural push for everyone to get these vaccines and, and I'm a vaxxer. I advocate for vaccines within reason, you know, um, you have to weigh out the pros and the cons against getting the vaccine, of course, and they're just 30 to 40% eff efficacy. And then they haven't even tested these vaccines. So they they have no time on the market. We ended up with people, certain groups dying, um, like I said, the incidence of stroke was up. Well, those two don't go together. Um, people don't die of a stroke after influenza, so to speak, or a blood clots by women, or, you know, it was it was a big experiment. And I don't want to get into that whole, because I don't have proof. You know, I can only tell you what I've experienced by watching and, and my experience in healthcare, but it's just too unnatural. Everything was too pushy, to and why don't we have more doctors? We have Dr. Fauci up there, blah 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 blah, <laughs> and mm -hmm. no lips. Of, why aren't all these other doctors up there? Why why do you suppose that is? Why aren't they pushing this? You know, there's too many questions that I was like, oh hell no, you know, especially when so they said, it, so, you know, oh go ahead. So you're not vaxxed. You're not vaxxed. You're like us. You're you're part of the unvaxxed. Yeah, because I had I had COVID, and so did my husband. Mm -hmm. And that's the part, that's what I was going to say. In healthcare, if you've had the actual, you know, disease or virus, you are vaccinated to the hilt. You're already immune right. because you've had it. And so that's the best kind of immunity you can have. So why would I want to take all these vaccines where they've not even tested them? They don't, you don't even know what's in it. And over having, I had NAV. And we, we, we have... We 
we have uh, we have another guest here. I mean, at, she's here, finally here. Yay! Hi, I'm on my Hello. phone. Well, hey. Okay, we go. How, are you? I, how am I supposed to? Yeah, people probably know her as Ella. Now, what are we going by now? Pam, you want to go by Pam? Pam, but if you think about it, my name is Pam Ella. So Ella's short also. Right. You can call me Pam, you can call me Ella. It's all part of Pamela. You can call, well, that's great. Well, it's great to hear you. To see you Hottie Toddy, that's, that's what wonderful. we're going to call you. We're going to call you Hottie Toddy, girlfriend. No, oh, please. Hottie Toddy. Well, well, this, well, I said well, I've got two lovely whistleblowers today, so finally the second lovely whistleblower shows up. So it, I, it's great to, you know, I call you because that's what you, you know, you know, but it's, um, it, it, we go back a ways, you know, we met and you, you we, we had our show, show. together. I don't know how Yes, I of you people listen to it, but we had uh, we had people like Ed Asner on. I mean, we had some you had some big guests on that Cheryl show. Cheryl Atkinson. And, uh, yeah, Cheryl yeah. Atkinson. And so, so now you tell tell about you. Well, how did you know? I sent it, a, a text to you. You didn't really answer. I don't know if you saw what I wrote it about what you wanted to discuss. So decide what you want to discuss about your own self. But how did you become? A whistleblower. Why did you start the, the original uh, Whistleblower Revolution uh, show? Well, initially, I was just experiencing some um, stalking on steroids. And so I felt as if I was being gang stalked, for a lack of a better word. But that that phrase has many connotations. But I just had groups of people. And it's happening again. So as far so. What happened was I had a show and I interviewed Bill Binney and Kirk Wiebe. And if people don't know who uh, Bill Binney is, he was uh, one of the lead people at the NSA and he created uh, coding so the government could watch terrorists or people that the government should be concerned about. And what happened was after 9-11, Bush did a huge net where every American was being watched, recorded, and listened to. And so, and he was a whistleblower. He lost his home. I mean, it was a really bad situation. And Edward Snowden used to work underneath him. And Edward Snowden did what he did because of what Bill Binney did, which was blow the whistle on this, uh, the unconstitutional um, um the unconstitutionality of of recording and invading people's privacy. And so Bill Binney left such an impression on me. So at the time I wasn't really a whistleblower. I was just a big mouth, you know, com, you know, <laughs> alerting people about things that are going on in the world, corruption. And so, but you know, fast forward, and this is a very sad thing to hear, but it it gave me insight and it gave me the personal experience of becoming a whistleblower myself. But to get to the point, I'm going through a divorce and I won't say his name. Um, a certain man um, owns a very large uh, insurance company along with his partner and his father. And I just found corruption galore as i was trying to go through the documents and try to figure out where our financial standing was um 
I just discovered fraud. Insurance fraud is huge and it goes over to healthcare. It spills over to healthcare fraud and even in this case, mortgage fraud. And so this was just mind blowing. It actually took me a year of, of learning to understand what securities were, what a, um, um, a Ponzi scheme was, because that's part of it as well. And so, you know, I've been trying to do my best to let people know, but I'm telling you, there's people set up, especially some of these places where you call to complain or to, to report corruption. They're like owned by the same people. I found yes. like, um, is it my phone? Mm -hmm. that? I hear a noise. Uh, yeah, we, we, we didn't hear it before. No. I don't know. Tell them about you know, like how much help you've had in this whole field too. About what? Tell them about how much support you've had in this whole situation. Um, you've the really had support. No, how much support from attorneys you've had in this whole situation? Um, well, I haven't had a lot of success yet. Um, it's just something that I'm trying to navigate, and I have had great difficulty um, trying to expose the corruption in the level of corruption that I found. And this doesn't do me any, doesn't do me any service as far as the fact that um, my phone is making a very disturbing noise. Um, That's okay. Yeah. Anyways, to make a long story short, here I am. I reconnected with the lovely Heidi Wilder, who was one of my favorite whistleblowers of all time. And <laughs> we're going to be having a show together. Have you had a chance to touch upon that yet? A little bit, but tell yeah. us more about it because yeah, we, we already have a guest lined up for you. But Lisa Belanger wants to be on your show. She's an attorney. So we already have a guest lined up for you. So. Great. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, I, Ella, 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 I told them basically that we were, or Pam, <laughs> Ella, buddy, hottie, toddy. I told yeah. Don and everybody that we're, you know, we're interested in, in secrets. We have all these secrets. I mean, you've talked to all these whistleblowers. I've talked to them. We have a lot of juicy stuff that we want to share with people. We do. And it protects people. This is yes. something that will protect people. And also in order to make change, we need a revolution. And like a small one, maybe it's just a group of really concerned people. If it's just one person, you know, pushing at senators and trying to reach the right people, um, because there's gatekeepers even at a senator's office. I've Absolutely. discovered that as well. So you have to be very vigilant. And anybody can go online, look up your state senator, how to contact them, the governor, anybody that might hold a position of power, even your DOJ, the Department of Justice for the state. And you just need to talk. So we have secrets, but we like to talk. So we're going to share them with everybody. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And there's a lot of there's a lot of people that you don't want to get a hold of either. Um, you know, it's and that you're going to hit brick walls with. There's a lot of there's a lot of secrets. I you know, Pam's got it down. She we are uh, and we're really willing to talk about it now because what else do we have to talk about? We could talk about That's right. we talk about that yeah. when we're on the phone together. We talk about um we i don't know grocery prices you know we talk about a lot of things but this is the most interesting stuff anyway yeah it, it, well, it you, is you, you both have you both have fascinating backgrounds because we know heidi's we've gone over hers but pam as you know i'm so used to calling you ella but you can you, call you me have, ella pam okay, ella yeah i i gotta tell you 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 remind me of mamie van doren i'm looking at you do you remember mamie van doren i might be a Here's little a, young for that 
Well, yeah, but yeah, you are. I'm saying, you know, but I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Don, tell us. You, neither one of you. Tell us, old on. man, yeah. that we love so much. I know, God, I'm not that much older than you. Jeez. Uh, oh, Father, movie, tell us a story. She was, she was in. She was kind of the latest after Marilyn Monroe, Jane Mansfield. That was Amy Van Doren, who was kind of the blonde bombshell, and uh, she was she was in a lot of great, great, terrible movies, like you know, I don't know, like Girls, Marilyn Monroe. Girl, girl <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, well, Marilyn Monroe was in some movies, but deep she was in like version of Marilyn Monroe. That's what I heard. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, but she she was uh, she's my Facebook friend. I think she's never answered me. And I tried to talk to her, but she's uh, she's you. Look her up. Look at that door. And I, I don't know. That's what I I'm saying. Your, picture, your picture's really, mm -hmm. picture's really small. And I can't have see without my glasses. So I don't know. I could be. But anyhow, you, you have a very uh, unique background as well. You touched. I don't know how much you want to talk about. Uh, you talked about stock. Or tar I learned a little bit about targeting from you. I really. I used to hear from people all the time. I said, you talk about that if you want. And I just want to say, I know you don't want to mention their names, but you were you were part of a powerful uh, family in the entertainment world and that's kind of what you're going through now with the divorce proceedings because you're going up against some some, right. uh, some big power and money here yep he who has the money makes the decisions that's what i've learned and I, I would like to stop that it's unfair there are other people out there um you know i have uh it seems to be number one we all know that this particular father-in-law of mine was in the largest band in American history, the most successful financially. So it seems like a lot of that money has gone into um, creating other ways of making money. And yeah, it's one of the wealthy. Isn't, isn't the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Like the son and the father are similar, aren't they? Yeah, they seem to be. But you know, corruption it takes a while. A person has to have that nature. Um, someone like my soon-to-be former husband will never have to worry about money again. So I, I sit there and wonder, when is enough money enough? And that's the thing I just don't understand. And then one day it dawned upon me that they may have more money than God or close to it, but they, they live life as if they're playing Monopoly, the game Monopoly. I just played it over the weekend with my daughter and my daughter's boyfriend. And it just reminded me what happens. They have, they want control. So the more money you have, the more control. And so that's why these people seem to be insatiable um, as far as money goes. Well, you have people curious now. Sam's Bodie's Tree yeah. says, what, what band? <laughs> I... Shouldn't say it, but we don't know who in the band, but it was the Eagles. I'm not going to say who the person was. There you, there you go. So there's we, a we lot satisfied of members the Eagles. There's a lot of, there's a lot of what, Heidi? Members, different members. It's not, you know, A lot of members. Right. So I'm not pinpointing anyone in particular. Um, but, yeah, you know, that band had... Uh, some very egomaniacs kind of were the center of the band. And not that I yeah. didn't like, I've met so many of the band members. Um, I met Don Henley on the beach, walking on the beach. And he came over and chatted me up and was really nice. And, and he seems nice, but you don't really know. The person, the persona is one thing yeah. and who the person really is is another thing. Um, and I, 
I think that that when you have that kind of adoration and fame, I think it goes to to a person's head. But what I have realized with that type of fame, you have a lot of influence over people. And so that's what I've noticed. Even my attorney gets a little goo-goo about it, um, which makes me concerned um, because if this person calls him up and he may have already, it's a conflict of interest. So it's been very, uh, it's been quite the battle and it's been going on a year and a half. Yeah. So so you, you and Heidi both, you'll have a lot to talk about on the show. And I hope I can be a guest on there at some point. We can well, talk for hours. We've both been through some. We've both been through some shit before. I'm like the. That's right. We've been through some serious shit. Yeah, it's like I am the queen of resilience yeah. now because I've been through some shit, and so has Heidi. We have been through a lot, and what it does, it just makes me stronger. Like, yeah, I feel like I have very thick skin, but still a sensitive heart. I don't want to lose that innocence. I was just one of those people who grew up and thought. Everybody was good, and the people in prison right, right. bad childhoods. Yeah, exactly. I believe I that. that. Same way. I mean, you get your bubble well, you, I and loved it. Like, what, you know, it's crazy. I love the way Ella Ella used to describe herself as a feminine feminist. I still remember that. That's that's so cool. I, I love. I am Are a you feminine, still a feminine, feminine feminist. I don't feel like I need to abandon feminine qualities or all the wonderful things that make up being a woman in order to feel that or or in order to fight for women's rights and to believe in the power of a woman and to just encourage women to become to take more powerful positions um i have found women to be the best whistleblowers um and i don't know what it is i mean I might say something wrong. I, I'll just rephrase it. Hold on my mind. Um, women tend to be um, more conscientious, it seems, and that may be because of motherhood. There's conscientious men too, but men are taught, go out and get the money. So, you know, and Detail you're right. an exception, yeah. dear man. You're an exception. You're a wonderful person. Right. Absolutely. I think women are, I don't think you, I think you're saying the same thing I would. You don't have to, you don't have to butch up in order to be a strong woman. No, and, you don't. You don't have to do that. You can be very feminine, um, but you can have a voice at the same time. Like right. I'm dating right and now, and if a guy wants to open the door for me, I love it, you know? I still think that's wonderful, but I always offer to pay. Um, and actually men are quite, Good. men are like, okay, <laughs> they're used to it now. Um, and so if we want equal rights, we need to behave in an equal way. With that said, there's a glass ceiling that still exists. So the, the possibility for us to make as much money at this point in time is still something we're struggling with. And also women are the, uh, you know, we in general, women are the caretakers and the homemakers. So we don't have a lot of opportunity to get out there and make a lot of money when we're raising kids. And so, you well, know, we end up burning ourselves out doing it all. Like I did. I mean, you're you're working, you're trying to do everything, burn yourself. Do, out do I, if you guys can, if you guys can look at the screen, you you I think you both got compliments. But look, look at the comment from Rainbow Ghosted. Can you see that on the screen? I can't see anything like that. He's got you down. Is he says 
is get me up to speed. Where is Joan Jett and Marilyn Monroe going with the storyline? <laughs> so he's saying it's uh, you're Joan Jett and Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's pretty complimentary. Is, yeah, where yeah. we're going is we're going to create a very successful show, and we want to encompass a broader, broader discussions and um, <laughs> things that people don't necessarily want to talk about. Is that right? Right, Heidi. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we want to, I told you before, I like weird. I like weird. Like whatever is Jason, whatever. I don't know. Uh, you know, I think we, we just want to talk about real things. There's so much we do. crap we're, shit yep. in the media that we're tired of it. I'm tired of it. I can't even turn yep. on the news. It's disgusting. I want to talk it about is. real stuff. Maybe we can help support each other in some way. Rather yeah. Than the, and I really, hold on one guys. I'm going to try and turn on my my light here. I think it's important to like support each other. Um, that's where all we, each other has. I mean, truly, we can sit by this computer all day long and like anonymously, you know, say whatever. But in the end, if, unless we unite together, we'll, unless we hang together, we'll surely hang separately. And there's, and there's power, there's power in numbers. That's, that's for sure. Is this better or worse? I think you're okay. I did a key light. I can't stay very much longer. I said you look like Mamie. I said you look like. I said you uh, looked like Mamie Van Doren and uh, uh, Ray Bogosid has you as Marilyn Monroe. So I, you know, it must look pretty good, I guess. White. It's funny. And when I was 19, people thought I looked just like her, but had brown eyes. I actually didn't really know much about Marilyn Monroe because she's a different generation. So I, I appreciated that, but I see uh, a homeless haggard person in the morning. Not that there, you know, there are people who are homeless, but you know, you wake up, and you're, you know, you just, and life beats you down. And, and sometimes, you know, women were, we get insecure. And also my father told me something once and I live by it. He said, don't count on beauty or appearances, you know, uh, work on who you are on the inside, develop your noggin, and that will last you the rest of your life. And so I've always put an emphasis on uh, education and um, uh, leadership and, and things that actually do have some substance and some, some, uh, some, some depth to it because, you know, people change, uh, people, you know, we get older. No, I'm not a spring chicken. Well, the thing is, is like once you get to be a middle-aged woman, you're you've learned a lot of shit in life. You've learned how people play games. I mean, how the twenty-somethings, you know, that whole manipulative game that they dance, they do. You learn right. about how people interact with other people, corruption, how corruption happens, like how people respond to it. Um, I realize that there are a lot of dumb people in the world, a lot of people that just don't care. And I think it's important to instill some kind of character in people. If you don't yeah. have your character and your your sense of self, you have nothing. You really do. And, and integrity is everything. We can't let integrity die, people. You know, right. yeah. you know, I might end up in a trailer park, but I don't care because at least I have my dignity. I don't care. I really well, don't. Know, I actually was looking at some trailer you know, We're homes. talking about George Orwell in 1984 and how it's relevant. But the other thing is we don't give a flip about, you know, what people think. I don't. I don't care anymore yeah. what people think of me. I really don't. That's I, it's the confidence. the way I look today, but no. 
I don't no, care. That's the confidence of, of becoming an older woman. When I was 20, I just like zipped my mouth and, um, yeah. I just was very quiet. I never, I let people treat me poorly. You know, I was raised in the South for a good number of years. And so you just keep, you just zip it. Men are in the position that they are. You dealt with sexual harassment in the workplace. That was just part of it. And so it's just interesting how times have changed. And so as you get older, like around 25, 26, I learned I could say, I could speak my mind. You know, I was like, wow, this is exciting. And people don't run away from it. And so that was like not until I was 25 or 26 did I start to form uh, vocal opinions. Well, I, I was raised by my dad was. Well, you, you both you both are impressing the audience. Uh... <laughs> We're all dolled up for Dawn. You're right. Well, about you, you, that. Both are, you both are. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what Raybo says. So that well, uh, that, that flatters me. So I, I said, but no, you guys, you guys are lovely. It's wonderful. You're so. Good. So but, are you, uh, Don? You're lovely. And, you know, I'm superficial. You. We you love you, Don. Oh, hey, who gave you the radio bug? Well, that's so nice. And I, you know, I, re I really. That's that's right. You and you you introduced me to Heidi. And hey, have you heard from? Uh, you know, the first person I knew was I, I say Chris Gray's all the time and but he was probably my first what I would call a fan. I was amazed at it. But uh there was a guy Spencer Carter who Ella I met Ella through Spencer Carter. Whatever do we know Spencer Spencer was targeted too. He was calling me all the time and telling me I, I, I wasn't used to this. Like I, who is this guy? But he's the one who said you got to meet Ella and then you know we took off and I and we stopped hearing from him. Do we know Spencer was being Chased by everyone. He's still around. Do we know it? I think he's in Europe. Looking for some Spanish hotties. Okay, because I haven't heard from him. Yeah, because he, he was uh, he would tell me, yeah, man, I'm just here. I'm in, I'm in Thailand. I'm in Paris. I'm in London. And the people are out there staring at me. So I don't know if you want to go into that, uh, Ella, or not, because my audience is probably not. I don't really understand. Well, Things like that that you have okay. little control right. over, I I don't really focus on anymore. I focus on the things that we have some semblance of control over. Um, I I really think that this world we live in of of people fighting corruption and questioning things is is what we should focus on and to talk about the topics that people just aren't really comfortable talking about me and Heidi have no qualms about it and we welcome conversations and questions and and we're going to have absolutely incredible people on there I know that between the two of us we're going to get amazing people well and I think you know we I want to focus a lot on how to deal with crap at work well, do you have how to deal with other people how to how do you resolve conflict what's do you flip somebody off do you call them names do you you know what, how do you handle situations at work? How do you handle a, a breakup? How do you handle your parent that's a freaking control freak and you want to detach from them? You know, how to set boundaries. All that stuff is super important. About it's being a healthy terrible. human being. Correct. Like um, part of being empowered is learning to be a healthy human being and taking care of yourself because you can't take care of other people until you take good care of yourself. And I think that we're a vessel 
and we we can choose what we want to focus on. And so this is something that me and Heidi focus on and that we find to be valuable. And Heidi, my God, you made changes. And yeah, you just... created a way that shook the fraudulent world of these schools, vocational schools, colleges, and and that made an impact. It created a, a ripple. And even some of the organizations, some of the companies um, that are are or were doing similar uh, types of education. I don't know if you want to call it education. That were involved with similar fraud. Maybe they pull back a little bit. So if you can affect well, you know, one business, it's like yeah. one. It's like one ripple in a pond. You know, you just make one ripple and then it turns into a bigger ripple and. The attorney general um, took all my evidence. Tiny ripples of hope. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how, I mean, it was, I'm very proud of that. I've spoken in front of Congress regarding these schools and what needs to be done. Um, the Trump administration kind of slowed us down because, you know, it's because of, because it's the Trump administration, but um, they kind of, the education, the secretary of education under Trump was less than stellar, shall we say. And, um, was very open to these schools, but you know, if everybody deserves a fair freaking shake in this world, you know, and I'm tired. I got tired mm -hmm. of watching other people, my students, because I was a teacher. I got tired of watching my students be, you know, screwed over. I was tired of it. So it's time, it's time for all of us to finally say, "Hey, I'm sick and tired of watching everybody else get screwed over. I'm tired of seeing this or whatever," and stand up. Um, yeah, and define protect yourself. And, and when I define screwed over, it's like people getting taken advantage of not only just in the monetary um, capacity, but even just um, expectation for service. And right. it's I love the little people. Um, I'm probably going to be a little people here soon. And I, I understand, you know, I've had times in my life where I've lived very comfortably and times when I haven't. And um, I know the struggle. I know when a dollar matters. I know going to the grocery store, you're trying to feed your kids and you got to get the cheapest thing on the shelves. And even though it may not be the healthiest, yep. or it's, you know, and then we're paying like ridiculous amounts of money for services, for billing. Like here in Oregon, when you look at a water bill, like, I got a water bill like for many dollars. Your, your sound huh? is kind of, I can't hear you, Ella. Don, can you? Can you yeah, I, I can hear her, but yeah, there, there's a there's a background. It sounds like she's underwater or something sometimes. Or something. It's like a, another sound. Here, I'm going to put on my Bluetooth headset. Yeah, I'm, okay, I hate to that. say it, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but um, with this divorce going yeah, on, there's a lot of, um, let's see if I can sure. get this to work. Sure. Of watching. Okay. Hold on, guys. I'm going to work on getting my Bluetooth going. Okay, yeah, because we hear it. It sounds like a, I don't know, I don't know what I, how would I would describe it. <laughs> it sounds like, I'm getting there. I like, know. I hear it too. It's like it sounds. Well, Raybo says it. Raybo is obviously a fan. He says he thinks the record. Both of you have a lot of charisma, and I should share the link. Of course, we're going to share all your links at the end of the show. Obviously, what kind of person would do? Well, while you're working on that, I want Sam Bodie's tree had asked me just real quickly. He said, "What do I think about the JFK files?" I was shocked. I was talking to my friend John Barber. Uh, last night and today, uh, I don't know if you guys caught Tucker Carlson last night, but 
I have never seen anybody on mainstream television cover it like that. He he basically said the CIA killed JFK. He talked about Dr. Lewis Jolly on West. Uh, it was unbelievable. You got you got to check it out. I don't. He know, was even on MSNBC, which is a you yeah. know very yeah. liberal show. Yeah, and they're uh, like maybe fact checkers because Fox is not yeah, a fact. I, I have no idea what. Yeah. Can you I, hear so me? It's shocking. Yeah, we can hear you. It's, oh, uh, good. Do I sound I clear? I'm I think sorry. It's, I think it's. I think it's better now. I think. Okay. Heidi's, well, we'll hope so. Uh oh, we lost Heidi. Where did Heidi go? Uh oh, she's in the middle of a snowstorm. So. Oh yeah, it could be. Yeah, boy. Oh god. She'll hope, probably get back on okay. there too. Yeah, I hope you get back. I'll look for her around here. But uh, well, now that we have you here, so because um, obviously we got to talk to Heidi a lot, so. Um, but so you saw the same thing at the JFK. I, I was just shocked at it because I'm thinking, you know, this is me too. You know, and because you never... know that some of the liberal shows, the MSNBCs, they are not aligned with the conspiracy quote unquote theories. And so it was yeah. really interesting to hear the communication, the dialogue, and they seem to be on board with it. Uh, there are strong there's just so many indications that it was a conspiracy not just a theory and he talked about um the hoover and i think it was johnson as well and like they kind of let it happen yeah. from, from what he has uh what he alluded to yeah but with chris grades design he, he chris grades was we used to listen to our show don and ella interviewed athena finger Granddaughter of the real creator of Batman, Bill Finger. I don't know if you remember that show. And Chris has interviewed her since that as well. Do you remember? And we that? interviewed the her granddaughter. Yeah, yeah, very interesting and uh, good to see that they're finally giving them some credit because uh, Bill Finger was uh, he a creator of Batman. So what what else has been going besides your 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 unfortunate family situation, which I obviously wish you the best with. Uh, so what what are you looking at as far as uh, issues now? I mean, what do you think? You're not going to change your pronouns anytime soon, are you? What, you know, that's how how much the world has changed in a couple of years. None of this transgender stuff was anywhere on the radar when we used to do our shows. I mean, uh, what what do you think about this? To me, this is oh, just... I think I think it was there because my children were in school and it was a hot topic at mm -hmm. school and discussions in the classroom. So um, I just think well, I. I, I'm kind of in, I'm very moderate when it comes to my political views. Uh, and one of the things yeah. I do believe is that young children maybe shouldn't be, um, over, there shouldn't be an overshare on these topics in class because yeah. young kids don't yeah. even know who they really are yet. So it's affecting their decisions about the relationships. So right. those are my concerns. Yeah, I mean, no, me too. I, mean I just think it's, Go ahead. go ahead, Don. I was just going to no, say, so that, um, go ahead. All your children. No, you finish. All your children did what? Um, well, I shouldn't say that. You know, I've had a, a brood. A, I adopted a brood of foster kids, and I've had a lot of foster kids. And I will say, right. the girls, and right. they're not shy. They, they believe in being proud. They all have experimented in bisexual relationships. And I think it's just all these discussions at school made it seem okay, but it's confusing when you're a teenager. And don't hate me for saying that, but I think 
Um, I loved my best friend too when I was in school, but not like that. And so I, I just think there sure. should be the teaching, the teaching should be restructured as accepting others and, and who they right. are and what they like and the relationships. Because um, in, in today's in today's world, if if you were if you were a teenager today, your best friend that probably much more of a likelihood you might take that next step because you think, well, you know, maybe this is you know, I need to experiment. They were talking about it, right? Yeah, I mean, I I can I can easily see that happening. Confused. Like she was my, my oldest was really confused about her sexuality. Um, now they're both in healthy relationships with men, but I think there could have been a lot less pain if they hadn't gone down all those roads and created such a confusion in their identity. And I guess there's, what, they're, what they're trying to point out by the, the teaching that they do in school is that there shouldn't be a confusion in identity and that you can be whatever you want. But um, as a parent, I think doing whatever you want isn't always going to have the best results. So right, I think right. sometimes you have to really contemplate and consider before you do things. The world world has just changed so much since we, I mean, I did make out with and, a really this, hot I mean, girl once, though. Well, tell us more. You know, I, I feel like Howard Stern. All right, now tell us some, some details. <laughs> well, and I was older. I mean, this was just a few years ago. I was at a bar and I'm like, people, I remember being a model. And my friends were, some of the models were like, you're homophobic. And I go, I'm not homophobic. I just like men. I'm sorry. And, um, um, but then I was at some bar and I had like 10 shots of something, which people might just don't do that. And there was this attractive girl yeah. and she is bisexual and she made a pass at me and I was like, I'll try it out and I'll kiss her. And she kissed great, but that's as far as it went. Oh, that's good. Well, that's good. well you, you, you wouldn't be the first one who after 10 shots uh, <laughs> made a decision maybe you wouldn't have without those 10 right? shots. <laughs> yeah. What we used to call back in my day, we called it uh, beer, beer goggles. Yeah, um, I can say that I kissed a woman now. I kissed a girl just like Katy Perry. There you go. That's cool. So what? So what? So you've got this show coming. I hope Heidi comes up and just to let everybody know, Heidi lives in Wisconsin, as you can tell from her accent. And she, um, they were in the middle of a blizzard, and she told me they might lose power. So she made it along. I'm guessing that's what happened. I, I don't know, but she hasn't. Uh, made it back so i i wish her the best and Heidi, uh, if you hear this out there uh, hopefully your power comes back on soon but of course we live in the world's wealthiest banana republic so they don't exactly uh get power back on quickly uh when they have to but uh, yeah well you know if you pay high property taxes we had a horrible ice storm here out in oregon a few years ago and it was um i remember it was valentine's day several years ago and all the power went out. People were dying from freezing to death. And like there was ice storms everywhere. You know, we spent Valentine's Day going around trying to help people get out of their driveways and to get water to their horses, which had no water and there was no heat. And so we did. It was really a beautiful experience. But the thing I noticed, because I live in a, in a uh, we, play, we pay high property taxes, our electricity went on first. And yeah, great. I got we had electricity really quickly, but the you know the lower income people 
people were dying. And that just breaks sure. my heart that that's how it is. He who had the money and paid the taxes got their electricity on first. And yeah. I, that really bothered me. I, I went on the radio and talked about it. I was on some social platforms and next door, just not feeling right about that, hearing about children freezing and, um, you know, children ending up in the hospital and things like that. So I don't know. That's just how the world That's is. Awesome. Well, you, you have some you have some interesting connections yourself. You know, we and we can I, I always say you're a supermodel. I, I, that's why I say you Ellen's a super my supermodel friend. So back in the days when you were a supermodel, you weren't you didn't you tell me you were in the same group with uh Howard Stern's wife or something when she was a model? Yes, I knew all of them really well. And um that was an interesting time. And my best friend is the one that introduced Howard Stern to his wife, Beth. And and but she yeah. dated him first. And then she introduced them, and that was that. They've been together ever since. Wow! And you, so you, you have some. And I don't know if you want to tell that story, but you, didn't you? Aren't you one of the <laughs> countless women that can say they were hit on by Donald Trump? Did you have an experience there too? I did. It was when, but I didn't know much about Donald Trump at the time, other than he kind of repulsed me on some innate level that I can't describe as far as being sexually interested in him. And um, I didn't really know much about him. I know that me and my friend Carrie, who was discussing, and uh, a model named Victoria, she was Miss Sweden uh, in 2000. And I remember, or actually before that, and I remember being at this uh, place, it was called the Sky Bar in Los Angeles. And um, uh, we were just standing in there and some chauffeur driver comes in and, and he says, hello, miss. And he starts talking to me. And he says, you know, uh, Donald Trump would like to see if you and your friends would like to take a limo ride with him. And I was like, no, thank you. You know, I just yeah. limo sounds so cheesy, number one. And Donald Trump and I hope there's not too many Trumpers out there. Um, there probably are. It just didn't appeal to me. I'm sorry. And he was married and his wife was pregnant, which I found out later. So that's a big no no with me. Yeah, well, see, I think uh, I heard from at least a couple other people that was apparently his uh, go to move to invite to, 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 to invite uh, to the limo. And he had cocaine in there, apparently, because they have, I, I'm not just making this up because they have video of a woman in there, a girl, like she must have been 18 you know, hanging out with him and her friend was videotaping it and they were doing cocaine in there. Donald Trump didn't do cocaine, but they had it for them. You are, you, you've, you've more than one fan here. Ella. That's why I said you had, had had to come on video. I knew that you would be, you would, uh, you, you would attract <laughs> Donald Sam knows Bodie Street said, what, what, what is, what is, no, and, and I don't know why. It's ridiculous. Uh, what What's their channel, Mr. Don? Can you shoot a link? What, what, yeah, I'm going to, Heidi gave links earlier, but do you know what the, the where your show is going to be at? What time it's going to be? When it's going to start? Well, I know it's pretty accepted into all the platforms. We don't know the time. I think we're going to record and then her, and her she's going to edit it and then upload it. So I know that the website is whistleblowerrevolution.com, I believe. Um, and that's where you're going to be able to find them. And to listen to us live, I don't have that. Uh, well, the, like I said, there's not going to be a, a live um, show. I'm so used to live. I always say live. Podcast. And, um, yeah, but that podcast, should be yeah. they should be uploaded at least to whistleblowerrevolution.com. Or you can just look up Whistleblower Revolution, Heidi Weber and Pam, and you'll be able to hear them. 
So it's going to, the, the, the name of the show is the Whistleblower, Whistleblower Revolution with Heidi and Pam? Yeah, uh, we're actually, yeah, well, Whistleblower Revolution will be the site, the website. And then our motto is, we've got secrets and we like to talk. <laughs> I, I like that. That's good. That'll yeah. work. You guys together and you'd be talking about, uh, you know, obviously interesting stuff because you both have uh, you know, this whistleblower background. So I'm looking to see if we... Uh, Oh, here's Chris Chris Gray. Any chance of a return of the Ella and Don show, maybe on Freedom World FM? Well, you know, we are, uh, Ella and I talked about that, but um, I'm, because uh, I, I, I need a show maybe to try to get more celebrity type stuff in if I can get people to interview. But that may, I don't know if if, if Ella's up to it, we may do that. That's free FM yeah. is, is coming. I'm supposed to be moving there. I, I get to hear more from Tony, who's if Tony's listening, he can jump in. And Tony and Billy Ray Valentine are are starting that up. At start, uh, I thought this month. So uh, that uh, really and, and Ray fascinated by you. He's uh, he's saying, well, she dressed up awful fancy for your Walmart plastic shelves, Don. Just say, I don't know. He's comparing oh. my show to one. I, I, I don't know. Do you see you're... what I'm wearing? I'm wearing <laughs> slippers and sweats underneath it. And um, where you can't see is oh, PJ okay. well, Bones in my cute little slippers. They're my little panda slippers. Don't destroy the illusion. <laughs> don't destroy the illusion <laughs> so for the government. Really, that dressed so, up. And for the audience, no, no, you you look great though. But um, and you know, my go-to, you know, John. John, you should try this. Like, all you really need on camera is bright lipstick and a little eyeliner. <laughs> That's it. I'll try that. I'll try that. Well, I would say away from the eyeline thing. My, my, yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. What's the guy in the, uh, Sam Britton or whatever that, uh, the guy that the, uh, that Biden hired and had some kind of big job as energy. And, and he was, uh, you know, you've seen him with the red dress and the, the shaved head and the, the red mustache. And he was just recently, he was fired because he was, uh, caught stealing women's luggage concerts. Did you hear, you didn't hear about that? No, fill me in. Oh, I can't believe you. You, you had to have seen this guy. Sam Britton. Uh, Google Sam Britton. B-R-I-T-T-O-N, I think. But he's he's a striking figure. He's absolutely shaved head like a cue ball. And he's got, uh, he has a mustache that he dyed And he usually wears a matte red dress. So it's 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 quite a it's quite a look, and uh, this guy is uh, yeah he's he's amazing. But he was I was I, I was really shocked that he was actually fired. Okay, Raybo says don't stand up. I'm probably in, a, in my boxers. No, no, I'm I'm actually not. Raybo, I, I I'm fully dressed. I'm not quite as relaxed as um, as as L is. Let's see. Uh, Chris says maybe maybe Chris Buckhand maybe he identified as the owner of one of those purses. Yeah. It um I'm all of a sudden uh, having a connection a problem. Little chip on uh Rondo still got like 10 minutes so what do you want to talk about for 10 minutes i want you to be able to promote everything at the end and give out the links again 
What What do you want to talk about with the time we have left? Well, um, anything you want. Hmm. I'm not really certain. I, I I want to go back and watch the today is the final hearing for the January sixth uh, events, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I want to see what's going to happen and what new information might be coming out. To um, it's just something that interests me. And regardless of people's political positions, I what I saw that day and what many people saw that day will stick with them for the rest of their life. Yeah, well, you know, I've had uh, I've had several people on the show. You know that uh, I had um, I had someone who uh, is um, is anonymous. She won't give her real name out, but she get you know gave video and stuff. Who was there that day? And I've had Victoria White, who's been on, and she uh, she faces a, a possible thirty year prison sentence. And basically, her crime was getting beat up by a bunch of police when she tried to stop uh, somebody from breaking a window. And, uh, you know, so we're trying to help these people, but it's just unbelievable the sentences they're giving him. And uh, on the other hand, you have people like this Ray Epps guy who's an undercover agent who's out there on video telling people, storm the Capitol, and everybody's chanting, fed, 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 fed at him. And they won't, he's not, he hasn't been arrested at all. So well, he's it's a pick and choose, as we know, because some of the, yeah. the more powerful figures that um, may have encouraged this type of behavior. One thing I've learned is these powerful white collar criminals or people or shady politicians, um, they seem to go uh, without any consequences. Um, uh, there's no consequences to their actions or to their crimes. And that's something that, I mean, I even was looking into uh, this insurance company my husband, my soon to be ex-husband is involved with. And, there were slaps on their wrists. That was it. I think they had to pay five hundred thousand dollars in fines. Nobody went to prison. Did horrible things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's amazing. You're discovering that stuff, and it is. Uh, and who knows? I mean, you're connected to a showbiz family, but there's lots of other families like that. I wonder. You know, is this is this thing common? Who knows how how many how this kind of uh, whatever this scam or whatever is? Do you, I mean, do you think it could be well, a common thing? Well, I'm one of those people um, who can read thousands and thousands or like skim through thousands and thousands and thousands of documents and I'm able to piece it together like with analytics and statistics and, and even data as far as data, uh, statistics go, you can figure you can figure things out and I have a busy brain. So I just chomp on things and, um, and I look for validation. Uh, like I'll see two pages, two pages of paper and go, Hmm, well, let's look into the two similar companies or discussions on, um, on this particular topic. And so you just have to piece it together and you have to have evidence. And so secretary of state is a good place to start people. That's where people, uh, um, sign up or that's where people go to start a corporation an entity a dba or companies that's where everything gets is on the secretary of state website on your um in your state and people anyone can do a dba it's really frightening actually and then they have attorneys and other people they even use because of uh, what happened with the COVID, with COVID, you don't even have to go in person to show documentation, really. Um, so you could say, say there's a company, say Enterprise Enterprise Car Rental, you can do a DBA uh, and and do um, 
Enterprise LLC. And people will think that you are Enterprise Rental Car. And the other interesting thing is a lot of logos can be purchased. So there's companies that are portraying themselves as a company because they, they legally did do a DBA and they were able to acquire or purchase um, the logo. And so these things are not uncommon, I've come to discover. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it, it's uh, just looking at some of these comments, uh, Raybo's talking about, it. I guess, I think that's the peeping Tom guy that was shot or whatever, but it would have got manslaughter. But um, anyway, we, we see, I'm going to see if I get anything else here. But um, so of all the people we interviewed, we interviewed a lot. We we, we interviewed Corey Leondowski, I remember, uh, Ed Asner, um, so the Bullfinger's granddaughter, we, tons and tons of people. What, Cheryl what Atkinson. I was so thrilled to interview who's that? her. Cheryl Atkinson. Who's that? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, Cheryl Atkinson. I've had her on my show. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. She's uh, won many awards and is a very well respected journalist. So I felt privileged to be able to, with you, to interview her. Yeah, she's she's very good, and uh, I've I had her on once, I think myself too. And uh, right now, so I think I was trying to get her back on, the, and some she's taking a class or something on Fridays, whatever. She couldn't do the show now, but uh, let's see. There's lots of comments about you're drawing. Kind of, you should bring Ella with you tomorrow for the Knights of the Storm podcast, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be on some show tomorrow called the Knights of the Storm. Well, I'm sure people would love you, Ella. They would. They would I need to go to get it. I need to get a computer because trying to manage this through a phone is a little difficult. But I yeah. do have. When you're dealing with families that have tens of millions of dollars and there's a lot of hiding going on in big assets. Yeah. You know yeah. these. I can go into shady law firms like the, the law firm my husband's using is the largest or one of the largest uh, white collar criminal defense attorney firms. So I remember saying, well, the attorney you chose says a lot, my dear. And they represent the new executives at Google. Google's bad. Now they're in the business of um, they are in the business of um, what is it called? Um, 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 uh, what is the word risk management it seems to be um so mm -hmm. the new the two owners have departed google and fled to some island bought an island so i don't know what happened that edged them out of there and so i shouldn't say anything bad about google because everything goes through google um but i'm just being honest and so they represent ham mm -hmm. they represent six of the largest banks in america um and it's just interesting it's very telling when someone has um, someone has acquired uh, attorneys that are some of the biggest white collar criminal defense firm. Well, what, you know? what are you what, what on the other hand, what kind of uh, attorney do you have? Do you have an attorney? I do. He's a big fan of my father-in-law. So I just. Oh, and, <laughs> and he's still well, he's still willing to go up against them. He seemed to be in the beginning. I'm not really certain he's on my side at this point. That's really oh, unfortunate. Man. I don't want to. I don't want to think everything's a conspiracy. But guys, when there are tens of millions of dollars involved in large companies and entities, yes. and you figured out a lot Pretty of this, everything is. you know, you know, at least I'm still alive, right? Pretty, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you are, and you know, you're. Uh, you know, you should. I. I again, I. I wish you luck, and I. I don't know. 
what your odds are against that because you are going up against power and money talks and the system is rooked because it shouldn't. I never believed it. This is my yeah, innocent self thinking, my Swedish yeah. self. And my family was Swedish yeah. and very pure, sweet people. And, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. and I used to hear all that. And I'm like, oh, it's not really like that. No way. People are good people. They sign up for these jobs to do good things. I believe that. <laughs> it's like, I didn't believe there was a corrupt police officer. I'm like, no, um, no. Policemen nah. really want to instill. This is when I was much younger. I, I got over that quickly when I saw Rodney King. Um, when I saw in that, what happened was the Rodney King event brought an awareness that I didn't know because I don't live in neighborhoods um, with black or, or brown people. So I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not racist either. So I just figured everybody treated everybody equal. And I learned when I moved to Texas, I realized that wasn't the case. No, no. Unfortunately, people have uh, people have seen a lot in the last couple of years. But it, it's a big mess. Everything's uh, everything that you say. Everything's a conspiracy. I, I tell people all the time. Yeah, I think everything's a conspiracy because we're being run by conspirators. This is what they do. You know, they don't know how to do anything else. They don't. They're, it's the way they do business. You know. So it's it's it is what. But we only got like a minute left. I want to give you time to wrap up, promote anything. And uh, Tony's out. If Tony wants to jump in for the last minute or two, that'd be great. Uh, um, whatever you have to I just you know, give, wanna, the, give out the website again. Go okay, ahead. it's uh, it is the whistle, whistleblower revolution, I believe it's dot com, and it's going to be the Heidi and Pam show. And we have secrets and we like to talk, so you just have to remember that. And then, um, you'll be able to see the uploaded uh podcast, and I'll come back on and I'll share more information because I don't have I don't have all that. I figured Heidi was going to do all that, but. Yeah. Um, since she's not with to. us. But thank you, Don. I love you and I miss you. Oh, I love you too. And I miss you a bit. I, I hope, and uh, I apologize for the connection problems haven't been awful, but still I, I'm dealing with an internet here. I don't know what's going on. It says I have a very fast speed. They can't, uh, I think it's the wires outside, but I've ordered a ethernet adapter for this laptop. So hopefully that'll help. We'll see if that gets the speed any better. But uh, it was actually better today, especially considering I had two guests on, on with me. But uh, with the bandwidth, it, yeah, yeah, I something with the bandwidth, and I I, I don't really know what it is, but I, I I need to try to get things working better so they can do it. So uh, we're at the end of the show, Tony. If you're out there, you can close out with the uh, let's with the very there, Tony. Close it out, Don. Great show. Okay. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. So thanks again to Ella. Thanks so much. Heidi Weber. Hope your power comes on. Great seeing you. And we'll have to have you back, Ella, more to talk more about your upcoming new show. It's wonderful to see you. Thanks so much. And thanks you everybody too. for listening. I Everyone take care and don't forget to listen to Don's next show. Thanks. Take care.